Welcome to the episodes with Matt Pavich. I'm Matt Pavich, a mental health podcast mostly focusing on bipolar disorder. Today I'm joined by Sean. Thank you for doing this, Sean. Uh, of course. Sean is a good friend and uh, someone who suffers with bipolar. Uh, is it bipolar one? Or? It is uh, on paper. It's yeah. bipolar one. Okay. Um, I've had I've had full blown manics, but I do think a lot of the time my bipolar resembles a little more bipolar type two. Okay. Um, but I have. I feel like. On the paperwork, once you've had that full-blown manic, they just don't let you not be the type one. Yeah. Um, but I think like something I've found is like I respond to a lot of treatments and things that a lot of type two patients do. So I try and try and look at both. Um, okay. But so, my doctor will tell you type one. <laughs> so what makes you feel like it's more type two? <sighs> I think. I think my bipolar resembles type two a little more. The people who in my life who I know who are bipolar one struggle with their manics a little more. Okay. Um, I think the people who I know who are bipolar type two spend uh, a lot more time depressed. Um, and then their manics tend to be a little more in line with hypomanics that are manageable. I think don't get it twisted. Like I, I have plenty of hypomanics that are extremely destructive um, and sure. they're like are fucked up. Um, I'm just, I, I hate that. I, I'm hoping everyone at this point knows what, what, what hypomanic means versus manic on the podcast. But I've in case anyone doesn't, yeah. um, you know, when you're swinging bipolar manic uh, to depressed, there's this like hypomanic period, which is before you think that like uh, the CIA is out to get you and that you think you're like actually the, you know, you're Jesus Christ. And before you start like walking into Google and telling them like, Hey, I I need I deserve a job. So I'm just going to go upstairs. Like before you get there, you're in this like hypomanic period where, which is kind of the sweet spot. Oh, well, I would, yeah. So there is definitely, I would say the mid of that hypomanic place is literally the best fucking spot in the world. I'm actually at my best in every single possible way. Yeah. Um, in fact, like my fiance, I think that's the bet, the me she likes best. Yeah. Like I think she, lo- like she would never acknowledge that, but like, I think that's the me she likes best. I think that's the me she fell in love with is me where I'm hypomanic before I start fucking stuff up. But I think even, even then I still get embarrassed, but yeah. So type two, um, Type twos, you know, they they have some hypomanics, but definitely spend a majority of the time depressed. Um, and I think I think a lot of the people I know who are type one have had a few more manics than I've had. They okay. struggle with making sure that like that hypomanic doesn't swing to a full mania. That's a, a little bit more of their concern some of the time. I also think uh, certain treatments that have been type two treatments have worked better for me just as far as medication wise like sure. things that usually work with type 2 patients have worked um kind of well with me yeah um but i don't know i also might just be telling myself that because i hate all the medications that type 1 people go on sure but i i mean but i mean I, i'm on a lot of the shit that type people one are on as well so <laughs> yeah i'm type 1 uh that's what i got di- how old were you when you got diagnosed that's uh, interesting <sighs> yeah uh, so i um so I was really young the first time and didn't like it. It was so unacknowledged like that. We just I don't consider it like I don't I thought that that's what they were calling the bad kids um, because like gotcha. someone else 
that I knew in middle school had just gotten diagnosed bipolar. Before then, I had never heard of it before. And they so were then, just the punks. So yeah, and they were just also got in trouble in school. So, you yeah. know, they were, so I was like, so then like, you know, I, I got to go talk to someone because I'm being weird or whatever. Yeah. Get in trouble. And, and they're like, oh, you're bipolar. And it's like, all right, that's what the bad kids get called. You know, when you're like, when you, when you fuck up shit in a classroom, I guess you're bipolar. Yeah. Cool. So like, I didn't think much of it for a really long time. I was in super denial, even though like then like, now at like my age you can like go back and life track and you're like holy fuck i was having manic swings when i was like 13 that that was a manic swing that was like it's all 13 you remember that far back yeah i would say so i remember so my first yeah my first manics were definitely or at least at least like hypos were like middle school i would go I would go through my first mood swings were middle school. That's um, really interesting. I would have depressions where, and yeah, these are my pieces of evidence. Cause you don't, you can't, you weren't fucking journaling, you know, at that time. But like, um, I, I have so many moments that I just remember. Like I remember periods where there were weeks at a time where I would explain to my parents, I'd be like, yes, like my life is good, but I don't feel good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sad. Like I don't feel good. I don't like the, this, you know, I'd yeah. be crying and tearful. And like, I'd be like, I know my life is good. Um, and I remember, you know, middle school, I remember periods of like, just going to the bathroom to just cry, you know, to just, just literally just like, I'm take the pass. I'm not even gonna fucking do this. Um, and like that is young as middle school. And then I also remember middle school periods where like, I'm running through the hallways and I'm slapping people's books out of their hands and I'm like, you know, just like high energy everywhere. Yeah. Going um, and like, again, at, at that time, I guess that's why someone was like, you're bipolar. I didn't, you know, I, it meant nothing to me. No one appropriately explained it or described it to me. Sure. Um, and then I went to high school and we just kind of like didn't, talk, didn't about it. talk about it and didn't use that. And I think part of that was just natural ups and downs you know it i was i was starting to get a little more contained from where i was at for a few years um it was still surfacing you know um but again i think high school there were there were some hypomanics definitely but a lot of depressions and i think a lot of depressions just especially like at the time that we were growing up like go under the radar nowadays like every like like fourth graders are advocating for themselves like i think i have an anxiety disorder i'm you know yeah exactly there's like there's a you know a a a gaggle of nine-year-olds on tiktok that that are doing it but like we didn't have that shit it's great but yeah yeah, but we definitely didn't have that language we didn't have Um, the language we didn't know what was so so i was like you know um all sorts of all sorts of sad in high school with a little bit of hypomanics um, and then college, you know, it was similar. Um, I think I was able to start focusing a little more when I got to college. And then when I was in college, I got to focus more where like my hypo, like I high school, junior high school, you got to sit there, you know, yeah. you're sitting there all day. You're sitting there. Um, you go to college and like, you could be hypomanic and you can fucking read the textbook in one night and like learn everything and circle everything and do whatever and get your work done. So I think that started, I started channeling my hypomania into like academia. Yeah. And like productivity and being productive and whatever. Yeah. Sure. There would still be times where I would just have like episodes that were like really fucking crazy. Like I'd I'd like have, I like one, you know, so much trouble with like money, so much trouble with girls, things like that. I remember one time, um, I had like a girl who was like my friend for like 
a year or two who I had just started dating and we had just started dating probably like two months and everything was good. And I had like a hypomanic swing. I had no language for what that was. Right. Um, and just like quickly like fell in love with like another girl that I just like a random girl that I had just met for like a day that probably said seven words to me. And then I just talked at her for like nine straight hours with yeah. like, you know, her smiling. Yeah, um, yeah. and she was like, this kid's great. And I'm like, I'm in love. We're going to get married. And, yeah, and I lit- I literally, like I had this girlfriend who I was literally building up for like years of like a nice relationship. And then like, I'm telling my friends and family, I met this new girl. We're going to get married. You know, like I, so I was still, it was still at that point of like hypomanic, Been but there, like, buddy. yeah, it was still at that point of like, yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and it's, it, so I would, I was having sort of still hypomanics, um, at that point. This is in college. This is, yeah, this is college. And then I, I, around senior year, I think things started to ramp up where I was sort of rapid cycling a little bit more. Um, and then like, I left after college. I went to New Orleans. I did Teach for America. And then, like, there is when I was, I just, like, was loosening it, loosening it. That's when, like, I was having, like, you know. uh, Away from your family. Yeah, I was away from my family. Yeah, and it was also a huge, it was a huge, yeah, it was a huge manic swing, too. I think, like, TFA is like a bougie organization, um, probably shouldn't exist, but it's like a, it's like they do treat their people nice. And I went from like, you know, just like, oh, I'm in college to like, I'm moving to New Orleans with 200 other super qualified people. They're setting everything up for us. Now I have like a tiny bit of money in my pocket, a lot of freedom. I'm out there in a new place, new city. Um, I just shot the fuck up, like yeah. super fucking manic. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I graduated. Uh, I graduated college and I got a bunch of awards uh, for graduating. Thank you. Um, They gave me a bunch of checks. Uh, That's this is study hard kids. This is what happens. They'll They'll, literally give you money if you you do good enough. Um, And so they gave me like a couple grand. I remember having like getting like a couple grand in checks and having like maybe like five or six grand in like my savings. Um, And then TFA gave us like in case you need money uh to transition to move here's like a three thousand dollar transition loan so i had like probably like you know uh probably like 20 something grand there and then like went to new New orleans went to new orleans that shit just like disappeared like a month you know like 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 a month i mean you're just like and uh yeah and and again at that time i had still had my bipolar diagnosis um, from the past, but when I had gone to psychiatrists in the you know year before that, I wasn't really focused. I I, I was complaining more about my depression. Yeah. Um, and that was I think you know part of it. My first true manic swing was them putting me on an SSRI. Yeah. Um, and you know they put me on an SSRI because I was complaining about depression, and then it just sent me up to the fucking moon yeah. um yeah so at that point i still wasn't using bipolar language so like you're in you know i'm in new orleans fucking blowing through 20 grand i literally have zero consciousness whatsoever that this is like that i'm doing anything wrong at all and no one there had eyes on me who knew me already to be like you know, people who are meeting me different. they're like this is just this is who this kid is you know yeah, um and it, but yeah. it was yeah but and it he's was got 20 grand to blow yeah he's got we, 20 grand to blow and he wants bar he wants Sean. all of us to go to rihanna tonight for some reason i don't know how he got 10 <laughs> tickets but he wants all of us to go to rihanna so yeah. let's go to let's rihanna, go to rihanna. Yeah, i don't fan. i have no idea how we got this close um 
But yeah, guess guess we're at Rihanna. Yeah, you know? I, I did the same thing, man. They gave me my college loan in a check, and you spent it on Rihanna tickets. Not Rihanna tickets. <laughs> I, you know, I bought a jacket, and uh, yeah, I was just like a really fun, popular like kid who was buying lots of weed and you can make it happen of, yeah you can make this was the first time i had access to money and uh you know bars and i was just dancing every night not going to class and i had no idea that i was manic and it's funny that you talk about like high school and having depression before you understood what depression was i remember one time probably like a three week or four week span where i went through my dad's closet and I found like all his old clothes because I was just like, I need to like switch up my identity. And I remember going to school in like my dad's clothes from the 80s and people just being like, are you okay, dude? Is everything all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm just like, you know, I'm just like finding the new me, you know, like, and uh, I was wearing like jeans, like jeans that were way too big. And everyone was like, are you okay, dude? And I was like, I think I'm okay. Like, I think I'm just really sad. And it was really like a turning point for me and understanding like something is not okay. Yeah. Like I'm wearing my dad's clothes from the eighties. I'm wearing a tie to school for no reason. And people are asking me if I'm okay. And I wasn't, Yeah. but I had no idea of why I wouldn't be okay. I was doing well in school. I had a lot of friends and it was just, you know, the chemical imbalance that was that I didn't understand yet. And, and I think everybody is in denial at first, no matter what. I haven't met someone who has been diagnosed who was like, oh yeah, okay, that's Sounds that's right. right, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone is in denial. And I think for, for me, for a long time, there was plenty of, re- you know, I, I, gave, I provided myself with plenty of reasons, right? I was like, I'm just a piece of shit. And they're just like saying, like, they're taking my piece of shit behaviors and they're like telling me it's, something else but really I'm just a piece of shit and I'm probably like latching on to this excuse for me being like a weak piece of shit same did Um, you go through the uh, big pharma uh, you know conspiracy theory big pharmaceuticals just trying to put pills down everybody's throat I still think they are but (laughs) but I need some of them (laughs) I still think they are I know but that was a big thing that was a huge thing for me was like I'm not I'm totally fine pharmaceutical companies are pushing drugs down our throats so that we get addicted this is horse shit uh, and and you know there is a lot of truth to that. You watch these fucking documentaries. Sure, they definitely there's it for spe- for specific things we're over medicating, right? Yeah. Like we're we're sh- should every person that we know have an Adderall script? Probably not. Pro- definitely. Pro- not. I would say that most of those people might you know not need that script, um, and that is probably big pharma making money. Do yeah. most of the people we know with bipolar type one need a mood stabilizer? Absolutely. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I was definitely I was definitely in in denial there. Like I I I also one of the other things that I didn't realize, and this is so after I go to New Orleans, I have this Mac episode, then I start getting, you know help. Yeah. And New Orleans is like the worst fucking place to try and get help. Like New Orleans doesn't even have a mental hospital. It doesn't even have its own psych ward. You gotta get sent to Shreveport if like when when they institutionalize you. But I was lucky enough, like I went to like a couple doctors that were in New Orleans, there were doctors in New Orleans. One of them was like super good. Um and he just kinda had a way more of like uh you know, he was a psychiatrist, but he had a more holistic approach of like, you know, appointments were like 
at least 20 minutes long where he's kind of talking to you about like, Hey, what, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Um, and one of the things with me was like, I would read these descriptions. First of all, I remember doing bipolar checklists of like, these are the symptoms. And I'm like, Psh, these are human symptoms, motherfucker. Everyone experiences same, these. And same. then like, I like would show people who weren't and be like, look, uh, how many of these do you have? And they're like, three. three. I'm like, you don't have 47 of them. Are you yeah. fucking serious? Yeah. But you know, um, <laughs> yeah. And then I would read, I would read the bipolar thing and I'd, I'd read the description of, of like what, what it is. And, and it would be like, Oh, well moods last at least, you know, a few weeks and moods last this long. And like a mood needs to like, it lasts a long period of time. And like all these symptoms cluster together. And I was like, well, that's not happening. I'm sad sometimes. I'm happy sometimes. I'm yeah. feeling this sometimes. I'm feeling this sometimes. I'm like, Any I excuse. have these things, but I'm like, it's, but it don't match up. It's not exactly what that is. And then I, after learning it, you have that in the back of your mind and you start watching yeah. and you start watching and you're like, holy fuck, it, it all comes together yeah. to the point where it's like, when I am depressed all of the same things are happening. Yep. Like I don't have interest in stuff anymore. That you love. I have, yeah, like the, literally, that you... like I cannot enjoy something that I love. It's the yeah. weirdest fucking feeling. Yeah. It's like a, almost like a numbness. Like I can't, I it's, can't. It feel is it. a numbness. It's, um, yeah. My my energy's low. Like that's always the first thing I notice is I'm sleeping more. I'm tired more. Yep. And, I, and so I started seeing these things cluster together. And the same with 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 hypomanics. Yeah. Um, and like I started noticing like. The times where like you can't stop talking and you you literally feel pressured speech, they're also like corresponding with the times where like your ego is fucking crazy. Yeah. You know, compared to like the times where you're sleeping 14 hours a day, where you're you're you literally a ego compliment less. will fall through you. Yeah, it, like yeah. can't even you know like yeah. it's just ridiculous. So yeah. like that, I I think you know after I started seeing that, um, and that's when I like slowly started to understand like. Oh, like maybe, there is maybe this is maybe this. this is what you have. Yeah, um, I did the same thing, man. I was blaming everything: Lyme's disease, leaky gut. I was fucking looking for any excuse to not be mentally ill. And then same thing, man. They, I, I read some stuff on it, and I was like, "This is the human condition. What are you talking about? Yeah. Everybody goes through this." And then it was like, "Oh wait, no, they don't." Yeah, this is nope. This, this is, is specific. To you and other people that suffer with bipolar, and you got it, kid. And that's and that's the crazy part too is that um, the place that it is universal is within the people who have it. Like yeah. I can't believe like it's it's not as shocking that me and you have similar experiences. We're pretty decently similar people. Like we're friends, um, but like the fact that there's like a 50 year old lady in Wisconsin who could write a memoir and That's like spot on. I read it and I'm like, how was she telling my fucking story right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how does this lady know every single, like she's, she's literally saying things that are like experiences that happened to her that happened to me. Yeah. Like, and how From is there 30 just, years ago? Yeah, it's, exactly. That, it's unbelievable, dude. That book, uh, what is it called? The, the memoir. Uh, oh, uh, the, the memoir in 3D, that one? No. Uh, Brain on Fire. Oh, Brain on Fire, Fire yeah. yeah. This woman is, and, and I'm depressed while I'm reading it, so I can hardly formulate a thought. And then she is bringing to life everything that I've been trying yeah. to tell doctors and my mom and my dad. And it's word for word exactly what's going through my brain. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. And same, same, and same troubles, same, same difficulties. Like we said, like we just picked a random fucking example of like the, the, 
you know, things and it's, it's, they're all commonalities. Everyone is, everyone is doing the same shit. Like even, you know, people who like, uh, I know, I know, I know girls with bipolar that again, that their lifestyles are entirely different from mine and they have shared experience when they're manic. They're the same. They look just the way that like I look when I'm manic, you know, know. and their depression looks the same. It's, it's definitely crazy. So do you think that like getting diagnosed at a younger age gave you a leg up in any way or were you sort of just Uh, refusing? No, I think, I think, no, I think, I don't think it gave me a leg up. I, I, I don't think it gave me a leg up. And I think that, cause I didn't utilize it at all. Um, I think it might've, the place it might've given me a leg up was when I was starting to convince myself, like to finally overcome the denial. Um, I think like, you need so many things to build up on paper, right? Like you, I'm like, okay, I've watched this for a year now and I'm like starting to see maybe this is what the guy said it was going to be. And then you start going back and looking at your whole life and you're like, okay, maybe that was right. And then you're like, okay, they've been telling me this since, since I was a kid. Yeah, okay. Um, so I think it helped then, but it did not, there, there was no one. And that's, I think that's a reflection of both the state of mental health in general, both then and now of just treatment and like education and awareness. Like, I think we're getting better. I think we're getting better at providing kids with general language and general, uh, like tools to use for their own mental health to like try and like self-regulate. Um, I don't think we're educating even bipolar patients about what bipolar disorder is and how to live with it. Right. That's just not happening. Um, like treatment right now for bipolar, you can, you can take your pills and your doctor who's giving you your pills is like, you know, you, you can hope to find someone who's amazing and is going to maybe like be more than just like a vending machine style, for your like, you know, to get your pills, bro. That's exactly what it is. They ask you twenty yeah, questions. It's a flow chart. Yeah. So they go down the flow chart, and yeah. then and then if any thoughts, and if this, you try any... the next, and then if you, they they go with the med, it's like okay, this is what you have. I've decided this is what you have. You go to this med first, yeah. and then if that doesn't work, you go to this med, and then if you can't tolerate it, this med. It's just flow chart, and it's really impersonal, and it's not. They're, they're not explaining shit to you. Nothing. Like I've. I've had to learn about this by fucking up over and over again. You know, Same. like like we've had to just like fall on our face. Yeah. Um, and that's that's how you learn. No one's no one and then and then sure, there's therapy and therapy's great and CBT is great. It's changed my fucking life. Everyone should go to therapy. It's amazing. Um, but it's not designed to teach us about how to manage our bipolar. Swings, yeah. It's it, it doesn't it doesn't teach us what a mood swing is. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, and I think I look at it's scary to me how many people, you know, like we both lived years of our lives not understanding we were bipolar. We weren't not bipolar. Yeah. <laughs> and there's people who live their whole lives not, not understanding that they're denying it the that whole they're, time. Yeah. And yeah. like it doesn't matter whether or not you decide to identify as it or not, these things are. are getting in your way in some way. Um, yeah. And I mean, for some, in some way, because obviously it could also facilitate so many amazing things because there's yeah. fucking so many bipolar people who are amazing. And I think that hypomania and mania, you know, are, there's a reason they're linked to being creative and being ambitious um, sure. and, and working hard and like being successful because 
it could be an advantage in certain ways, but even those people have all had really difficult lives. It's really, you know, so if you're in, yeah, it's scary to know how many people are affected by it and are completely fucking clueless yeah. to it. I know. Was there like a single piece of information or like a book that you read or a memoir that you attribute to like really helping you understand the language and the, um, the feeling and un- like what gave you the most understanding of like, was there like a turning point where you were, where you were like, Oh, this is, this was really, really helpful. Yeah. I don't think there was, I don't think there was a turning point. I think there were specific moments. Okay. Um, and there were like mood swing moments, especially when I, when I'm at my worst, um, I rapid cycle. So my mood, like I can have, a two week mood swing and then I could be, I could go have, you know, three weeks of mania and then two weeks. And then, um, that's when I'm like at my worst. And I think seeing the sharp jagged distinctions, because like at that point, um, like I'm going like this, you know, yeah. I, I would say when I'm stable, I'm like, and that's a year. Yeah. And like when I'm unstable, it's like this. Yeah. Um, so seeing the distinctions where it's like, Yo, I knew yesterday, like, I thought this thing that I just, like, recorded myself in the mirror, like, doing was, like, the coolest shit in the world. And now it's a week later, and, like, I'm, I'm watching it back. And, and, yeah, like, and I'm like, whole, like, holy God, this was if just the most embarrassing thing I've yeah. ever, like, created. Um, For sure. I can't believe I, like, sent that to people, you know? Um, and, like, you, you know, you understand, like, you learn to not trust certain parts of your brain at at times. Like I, I think it was functional for me to understand, like I can't be trusting myself all the time because I was continuously feeling embarrassed. I think the continuous feeling of embarrassment is, is, yeah, is what like really started and, and it affecting other people. Yeah. Um, which is, I think in the last few years I've gotten better at working on me, but I think for the first few years I was working on me with the motivation of I have to stop hurting all of these people who I care about and who I in a, normally treat really well um, yeah. who I normally would go above and beyond to like treat them well and do nice things for them it's like I can't keep watching them cry yeah. um, and like seeing that pattern of like they're crying over something that like two I'm weeks done. ago I like thought was okay and normal and I was right about and now I understand I'm completely not right about um and like when you having having those moments of clarity after I like had an awareness of the frame I think those would be so I think there were how do you document those moments of clarity like how do you document your mood swings do you have like a system I used to um now now because I've been pretty stable um I have like fallen off what I did for the first few years. Okay. Um, but for the first few years, I mood tracked. Um, I'm like a big data person in general. Sure. Um, so like nowadays what that looks like is I have like a little bitly link to a Google form and my Google form is like, you know, uh, like six questions long and it's like, you know, a, a couple mania and depression items. Um, I used to think mine, it used to be a lot longer. I used to do a survey every single day and it was little, it was, you know, like 20 questions and it was like, 
depression items, mania items, anxiety items, habit items. Um, and I would try and do it. I, I wouldn't do it every day, but I'd try and do it as much as I could almost every day. Yeah. Um, and I always thought like, I'm like, I'm doing this cause I'm going to figure out this pattern. Like I'm going to be able to look back and I'm going to look at like four months worth of it. And I'm going to be like, look, this is what's causing it. You know, like when I don't sleep well, I have a mood swing or like when I am this, um, seasonal, this, and yeah, this, this, always trying to make um, sense of something yeah. that makes so little sense. Yeah. And I think what it, what it actually, what it was a good exercise for was it was just a mindfulness exercise, checking in every day with like, are you depressed or are you manic or are you just sort of feeling a little bit in between? And then it would um, chart it. Yeah. And, and like I could, so I could like, I could, answer these questions every day of like, okay, am I, you know, am I, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling hopeless. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm like irritable, you know, I'm feeling an inflated sense of ego, all these things. And you can literally see like, once you see, oh shit, I've had three days in a row where like I'm putting fours on all the mania items. You ask yourself why just ask yourself why and then like start to check and see um but i think like i think just doing that day after day and day after day like started making me now i do it naturally you know like i had to manually do it for years i had to manually literally fill out the bubbles um now I think like every day I'm constantly checking I think the issue now with with me and I don't know if, how, how much you go through it but it's like I have a lot of trouble I'm good at se- saying like I'm good at separating like if I'm depressed I'm good at handling negative thoughts I've like figured that out if I'm manic I'm good at like identifying it quick and being like here's my credit cards, you know, here's any of my access to my money, here's this, this is what I need you guys to look out for, you know, everyone around me, like, I'm good, I'm good at those things. I am not good at that. Yeah, um, I think, uh, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely good at those things, but I think when I'm feeling normal, I still, it's still pretty hard for me to trust my feelings and thoughts on things because I know what it's like to be completely confident and wrong. Yeah. Um, and that is what happens with this, you know, this disorder, no matter how much you, you know, those, that's why those like the checklist and survey thing was so important for me yeah. um, early on was because like, you know, you, ha- you, you don't see the pattern, you know, you like, you're happy for a week and you're like, you're like, I'm like, fuck, I'm having a good week. Um, you don't oh, want to, you don't want to say, um, you know, I'm hypomanic. Now I'm at the stage where like, I'm happy for two days and I'm like, is this hypomania? And you know, like it's, it's like, nah, you, you did just have a, you a know, good ass week. A, a good week. Yeah, you're yeah, allowed yeah. to have a good week. You're allowed to have a good um, week. You're allowed to have a bad week. It's such a fucking hard concept once yeah. you've been diagnosed with yep. this shit. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, life is good. I should be feeling good. I should good, be feeling good. Good. I deserve happiness i i can yell sometimes i can get upset it's like but man it's such a fucking mind fuck so yeah so how did did you create this system yourself yeah it's yeah it's basically um it's the same scale that they use for that if they're doing a triage and they take you in and they're asking you questions, you know, how often have the same thing that I think a lot of people, when they go to a a therapist or psychiatrist will make them, you know, how frequently have you felt this? How frequently have you felt this? It's 
a very similar scale to that. I just picked, where did you find it? I'm just curious. Like uh, I just, feel like it could help. Yeah, uh, um, you could Google it pretty pretty easily. I can't tell you what it, an exact name of it is. Okay, but maybe you can any, send it to me. Yeah. And we could put the yeah, link in the bio. Link it. And, any uh, yeah, link any bio. any of the bipolar. If you look up bipolar scales, um, they're pretty similar, and it's usually like four to six depression items and four to six Questions. mania mania items yeah, yeah. that are just you know. Like where it's like a, a Likert scale, so like zero to five, you know, how, how intense is this? Do you strongly agree with this? Strongly yeah, disagree? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's what my psychiatrist asks me every month. Just yeah. a couple questions. Exactly. And then he says, all right, go to the Walgreens and pick up your meds. And I go, really? That's what you do? That's your whole yep. job? Yep. I could 100% do your job. Yeah, you sir. could definitely do. <laughs> no offense. To, I'm sure there are good psychiatrists out there. I'm just yeah, find yet us. To find, find us. One. Yeah. Find us, please, yeah. if you are out there. If you are out there. Um, all right, yeah. So um, what? I asked you what are your best tools and um, for fighting this uh, mood swing disorder. But well, also, also meds, I guess, right? Meds like are I, huge. I down, I downplay it because I, I. Uh, you don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, it's like yeah. so hard. Because um, like I wanna, I wanna believe, um, and I think I think my mom too wants to believe that like there's a world where we're gonna be able to reduce my meds until oh, my I'm you know on on yeah like on up to nothing, and I'm like. Yeah, also, like, we haven't done that, and that's why I haven't been crazy. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, like, that's why I haven't been crazy. Did it's, it take you a long time to find the right uh, medicine that worked for you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think definitely. I think it's, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I've been on lithium forever, and mm-hmm. I'm still on lithium, um, but the drugs, the cocktail that comes, yeah. goes along with it, Yeah, I've had to try so many things, and I think... It didn't feel like I found, when I found the one that I'm on now, it didn't feel like I found what was, oh, this is going to make me successful. This is the one that's like the best one for me. It felt like the side effects were bearable. Yeah. Because for the first like two years, some of the drugs they put you on are fucking horrible. 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 Like there's no way. There's especially like we're saying that like flow chart shit where they just fucking di- like you get diagnosed like the 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 when I was an adult and I went back and I, I got re-diagnosed that first time like senior year of college or around the TFA time yeah I I had a five minute intake a five minute intake she asked a couple questions she goes okay and I didn't say anything about my bipolar in the past like I did not say anything no one has told me I'm bipolar I said I have was you know was I was de- I was depressed and I thought I was depressed and then she asked a bunch of questions um, and within five minutes she said you're bipolar type one here's a bunch of Seroquel and here's a bunch of lithium for anyone who doesn't know what what it feels like to be on Seroquel it feels like imagine you free based Benadryl that would be like what what it is it's like it's for like you. it's like for yeah you. not I, for everybody like i yeah some people some people can some manage people it yeah it, it yeah, works yeah. it works great and yeah, yeah. there's nothing there's nothing nothing wrong with it no, yeah. but it Personally, is a strong it is a strong medication yeah. to give to someone Who after just. after a 5 to 10 minute conversation <laughs> yeah. um especially when like it's like well what are your life goals and what are you doing in your life like at that at the time i was teaching I have to be on my feet all day. You're putting me on Seroquel extended release, yeah. you know, and then I would, I would, and I would still have mood swings on it. And 
they'd be like, all right, let's up the Seroquel. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so you're just, you're just making me fucking exhausted. Yeah. You're making me exhausted and hungry. I have to just eat everything. Cause that's yeah. another fun antipsychotic side effect. Oh yeah. And, and, and like, it's, it's a harsh med. There were, so there were a lot of harsh meds early on. I don't know. Do you, do me you handle too, antipsychotics? No, well? no, 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 no. Yeah. Some no, people, no. some people genuinely, they're went, a blessing, but I went through it, man. Um, the first one, the, they put me on, um, I, it just pushed me into an even worse and darker and deeper depression. Like it, they, and it made yeah. me not want to take it. So I quickly got off that one. And then once I got off after being on it for three or four weeks, I felt even worse. That was the closest I think I ever got to like rapid cycling. Yeah. I was in my bed, could not move, could not turn my brain off, could not sleep, was just in an absolute state of panic and uh, anxiety and horror. The things that were flashing in my brain were just like uh, shame and things that I had just done in, in my manic episode, realizing that I had just been hospitalized twice in three months, just processing all this information while also just being this numb uh, vessel. I felt like I wasn't even a human being, yeah. dude. I was... I forget which med it was because they've all blended together, and I and I don't really like to say like, oh, this med did this to me because it could be working for someone. No, it else. does exactly. Some yeah. people's. It's I, all. I have, it's, it's. I have a, friends. The med I just talked about, Seroquel. I have friends who it's a god. Yeah, gave it's, it to them. To, yeah, yeah. To the meds that I'm but. on, I really feel like I figured out the perfect concoction. I know that. These things can stop working after a while, and like that scares the shit yeah, out of too. me because I feel like I finally figured some shit out. Yeah, but and I've and I've and I've I think I, I I never get cocky with this thing, and that's something that people have to understand. Like I, I'm blessed to have had a few a few good years. I, I hope it's been a few. Um, I think, uh, <laughs> but like. You know, you can, you, you can like, that's so sad, dude. <laughs> yeah. That, you, we're, that we're like, I've had a, a couple good years. Yeah, I, good. Please, but, please continue. Know, the- yeah. Yeah. And you just, you just, it's like, I've, I've just read the, I've read the articles from, you know, a person in the New York times who writes about how they were bipolar in college and then they got it under control and then they had their first kid when they were, you know, 32 and all of a sudden like this thing that hasn't reared its head since in 10 years is now back full force. Full force. Um, and like, that's a t- you got to live knowing that I, you got to be vigilant. Um, yeah, you, you gotta have be to super, be vigilant. Super vigilant. And that's always, that's always scary. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely always scary. Oh, yeah. Man. And I, I think too, some of the meds, it's hard because they can, if, and this is with, especially with, I think, sedatives like meds that meds that do make you tired it could be it gets hard because if you are depressed you also like an ssri for example like a traditional antidepressant you got you know like your prozac lexapro these things um those medications were never intended for those are not maintenance meds people are supposed to go on them when they're depressed yeah and it will help them work through a lot of things that they're working through that when you are depressed you are too paralyzed to be able to do that work like your system like your your body has been pushed into a place where it is really really difficult like what your body is physiologically experiencing it is difficult for you to get your mindsets correct it's difficult for you to sort of stalwart and like you know defend yourself um from depression so you take your 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 happy pill and it it boosts you up 
and then you can go get your shit in order. You can yeah. go get your life in order. You can go get work a little in order. You know, you got that serotonin going now. You have that on your side. You can go to therapy. You can start structuring your life in a way that, you know, these are these are all mood disorders, right? Like whether it's bipolar or it's just depression, it's still mood disorders. You can structure your life in a way where like, okay, now I'm, I can wean off of these meds and these are good meds that are helping me facilitate my life. A lot of the meds that they put bipolar type one patients on early on are designed to, to save us from ourselves by just like getting us like a little, just shutting us down a little. It's, yeah. it's not, it's not helping us wake up and go get to work on no, time. No, 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 it's no, not no. helping us they feel a little bit better us. with our exercise. Yeah. yeah. It, it's designed to not let me get fucking crazy and get yeah. like up. So it a lot can be, of them are seizure meds. That- yeah. I mean, one of yeah, I'm, I take, uh, I take uh, Lamotrigine, Lamicta, which is, works for seizure meds too yeah yeah a lot but of them yeah, I've are heard like a lot of seizure meds that yeah. they were like oh this also works for bipolar patients so it is like just trying to get us to this baseline uh you know we don't want them to get too ramped up so we're gonna give them a pill yeah and yeah. i think i think i i'm in line with i'm in line with the belief like i understand the chemically we can't be vulnerable and we will need maintenance meds like yeah. we will never get to live that life of a of people that like might be able to go on their meds at times when they need them and then go off them. I don't think I'm one of those people. Yeah. I, I I don't think any, anyone who has had a bipolar type one diagnosis is one of those people because you're talking about like containing a chemical range. But I do think that like a lot of the time, the initial medleys of cocktails that they prescribe bipolar patients, they don't help. They don't help necessarily they help stabilize and they help maybe protect you from yourself yeah. but they don't help you build a life right um and, and so then you, people get turned off to the and whole then they idea and, and then they don't try they don't, they don't try trust, and experiment they don't trust to the find the meds that they like yeah, yeah, yeah. um and the that's ones that work with their me. body that's what happened to me yeah. for a long time i was like fuck those meds yeah. dude seriously i'm not taking anything these drugs ruined me yeah you know made my dick not work just all sorts of fucking crazy side effects what like i, I can't even, i don't even yeah it was uh i'm so glad and i'm and i am hopeful for anyone listening that is struggling with medicine there is hope uh and you can figure out the right concoction it does take time that's it what takes, sucks it takes time it, it takes like, a lot sucks. of time is, yeah. is, is is you're in it and you're like you're like fuck i gotta commit to this for a couple weeks um couple and, months and like yeah, yeah really try it out and then like that might not work and i might have to then switch and try another little cocktail and yeah that you know but if you if you're looking at it and if if you're understanding how much this is impacting your life on a daily basis, that's for people suffering from any type of mood disorder. Um, it's worth the payoff. Like it's worth it's the, so pay- worth the it, payoff. It, it, it sucks, and it sucks that while you feel like shit, you have to try and do things that make you feel like shit even more. Yeah, but it's definitely worth the payoff. Yeah, and depression um, feels like it's never going to end, and then this uh, feels like it's never yeah. going to end, and you're never going to figure out the right concoction. I so fucking just, hate depression, man. I hate I, I hate depression a lot. I've, yeah, I really just really hate depression. Really, I I, I feel like the uh, I feel like every. Every, you know, I, I have, I have floated around some, some mild depressions in the last year or so, but for the most part, I've been okay. Yeah. I haven't had a major depressive episode in the last year. Um, 
It's the my, absolute worst. My, yeah. It's literally, I, I remember the, the, the last two or three that I had, I just remember leaving them and going, I cannot do another one of those. Yeah. Like I can't, I, I don't know if, like I can't do that. Yeah. I can't f- do that again. You feel it creeping um, in some days and you go, no, 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 not these thoughts, not these thoughts. Cause I know what's coming with these thoughts and I cannot let that happen again, dude. I feel that so hard being like, please let that be the last one. Yeah. Please. Yeah. yeah. Now Neil, Neil Brennan, uh, has a good, way of describing it saying like it's being attacked by negative thoughts and i think it's crazy because it's like so like cbt you know cognitive behavioral therapy you go to therapy you get really good at like i get, i have a negative thought and i'm gonna i'm gonna bat it down shut it out but when you're in a major depressive episode it's almost like you're having like almost racing negative thoughts right yeah. it's like it and and it, and it permeates through every angle and the longer that depressive episode is lasting the less grounding you have you know because i think that's that's the other work that is i think the most important thing i probably should have named that when you asked that question about shit that works but like when you are confident that your mood stable i feel like you have to do so much telling yourself like this is my life and these are the things and this is what's going on and this is what I need to stay grounded in because once I'm either way, I'm going to start telling myself different things and I know that I'm going to start telling myself different things. So I got to promise myself that like if I deviate from this set of thoughts, um, it probably is indicating that like my body is physiologically in a mood swing. Um, so you have to have that, like that clear, you know, you have to have all of these things like, Oh, I have, I have, you know, if if I have no fucking self-esteem when I'm depressed, I have to remember that I, it will come most of the time, you know, or I don't want to say most of the time because most of the time I'd be depressed, but when I'm feeling normal, I don't have that opinion of myself. Um, I know that I also know that like I've written out every fucking accomplishment and thing I've done and I feel good about all those things. And I like, I can't deny those those things. So I like, it helps, it helps you sort of drop it. Um, Mm. you know, cause you have to, you have to stay in that like hopeful. Yeah. That, that space that you created for yourself that you, you know your brain is not the best interpreter of of the current reality so you need to have as firm of a conception of what reality is to be able to go back to but then when you're depressed the longer you're depressed the, the harder the it is to remember seem like lies yeah exactly yeah. it's exactly they seem like lies it's harder yeah. to believe that cuz you you start to not remember a time when, when you, you did feel that way yeah, yeah, yeah. you know um it's easy to 3 weeks into depression to be like i remember when i was the yeah, man yeah, yeah. but then you're you're like 7 months into depression and you're like what the fuck Who like I? I hate everyone yeah. and everyone hates me and when did anyone ever like me um, yeah. <laughs> that's real man that is very real that's a bar um speaking of bars yeah man um you want to spit a freeze no i'm just kidding uh Sean is you a- know what rhymes with Matt Pavich <laughs> cabbage i'm glad you don't act manic anymore Nice. There we go. Uh, Sean is a battle rapper. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't remember your battle rap name. Sean O'Shawn. Sean O'Shawn. Still go by oh, Sean. Sean. Okay. Um, yeah. So how is that? I mean, I feel like rap and comedy have this um, sort of relationship in my life that is detrimental to uh, 
you know, my career because when I'm manic, I do love to rap. And uh, I put out these very bad rap songs. But, you know, it's very, it's a similar game, rap and comedy, right? You're by yourself. You um, need to have this bravado and this sort of confidence and this, yeah, confidence that you are the shit in rap or that you are funny in comedy. So I wonder for you, because I know it's affected me in a way that like when I'm feeling too good, I'm misunderstanding that this, it's hard to explain, sorry. Like my confidence is so important to my success, right? Yeah. Like believing that I am funny is so necessary for me to succeed. I want to be one of the greatest comedians that ever lived, right? That is something that I've told myself, but that also sounds like a manic thought. Yeah. Right? But it, well, it's, yeah, but it's a, it's a functional manic thought, right? Right. Um, And I think that's, I think a, the, the number one example of what we're talking about right now is like is Kanye West, right? Yes. I mean, I think I, I look at literally, you look at Kanye's career since since 2000 um, and you can, if you don't have a bipolar lens, it's so easy to just be like, he, he's an asshole and like has a personality issue. And, and, then, and then when you have a bipolar lens, Everything makes so much sense. Everything. Like, this dude, no one wanted him to be a rapper. He was a little motherfucker that, like, dressed in pink polos and had a weird voice. Like, everyone wanted to keep him on beats. And literally, like, what people have criticized him for is literally a a, a hypomanic and manic symptom. Yeah. But it's a functional belief. This guy has literally been like, no, fuck it. I'm going to be the best rapper in the world someday. I'm going to be the best rapper in the world. I'm going to, I'm going to have a fashion brand someday. These are, these are hypomanic and manic thoughts. I know. You know, like we, and, and that's separate from when we see him literally straight manic in public. And, um, and I think he's, he's someone, what sucks is like, he is a genius and I, I think I do think we know b- that bipolar is linked to, like there's scientific evidence and when I say scientific I mean like there's studies that you know they t- took like uh, 800 kids like IQ tested them and then like didn't follow up until they were 25 checked who was bipolar or who exhibited like manic traits and like those kids had higher IQs yeah. literally like there's evidence that like you could be super smart with it Kanye is an example of a person who is incredibly incredibly smart um, has been successful so like we've failed and embarrassed ourselves manic a lot yeah. so imagine not um, like imagine just like you keep winning over yeah, and over I know, again because you have um, so much money and so much access and so much power you just, you just keep winning you I mean, keep you, leveling you, up you, I know. you've won more Grammys than anybody you just keep fucking winning it's really like it's, I always joke that I had my manic episode too far before I was famous like if you're famous and you're manic people the tabloids go nuts your 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 visibility you know goes through the roof and like it can almost be like a career move which sounds fucked up and like it is because everybody wants to see the gladiators fight and everybody wants to see the train wreck and everybody logs on to watch kanye fail but really he's kind of like winning in this weird fucked up way because he's sick and you want him to get help and you want him to get better but like this is my superpower this is my superpower is literally something I've screamed in a psych ward of course, before yeah. Kanye of came out with those right. bars. Like, of course. 
It does feel like it does yeah. feel like a superpower sometimes. Yep. And oh, I've 100%. said, you know, Da Vinci didn't sleep, bro. Like, yeah, I, no, I'm at my most productive. I do. I like that's poets back in the day were like ninety five percent of them were something. There, they yeah, were, there's actually there's also these there's quantitative studies on this too. There yeah, was like that uh, book. I always forget the name of books. God yeah, damn. there was there was there's been a couple there's been a couple of different ways that they've done quantitative studies on specific subgroups where it would be like okay. Every like uh, East Eastern European successful poets for in like twenty year in twenty years or like uh, jazz musicians in like this period and it's always like twenty to forty percent of them exhibiting <laughs> like oh, bipolar. bipolar. Um, yeah. it's it's yeah. really it's really That's a lot. An insanely high percentage of people. Like if you look at the the normal demo like percentage of people that are bipolar, then you look at like creative successful people it's so overrepresented not even successful because a lot of them die penniless and fucking you know all their all their fame comes after death which is very sad but like that is quote unquote a successful poet or a successful musician so like I don't know man it's uh, it also it also it also uh it's also linked to being able to effectively go after ambition right like it's I think uh, especially we're talking about that sweet spot, right? Like that hypomanic sweet spot is perfect because you can be so ambitious yeah. and focused in on just hyper focused on what you're doing and yeah. having the energy to you actually have to be literally a little keep going disassociated to say, I'm going to become a famous comedian, like, or I'm going to become a successful, but then it gets, but then whatever. it gets, but then that's the, the, the scary part. And that's why I, as, 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 as good as those hypomanics feel, I am terrified of even having, even having one of the good ones because I know how close, how close, yeah, that you're, you're, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You don't day, get to one day you're hypomanic and then the, that night you're yeah, and, screaming through and the you streets. won't, and you won't know. No, you won't know. No. Um, it's much. I find it. It is much harder to identify like when you're feeling that way versus when you're depressed. When you're depressed, oh. you fucking know you're depressed in a minute. Yeah. When you are and manic, you can go. You, know, yeah. you can go so much longer b- before it's even like a thing that Cause you know. Because it feels so good. Yeah, because it because it yeah because it feels good because it's not stopping you. Yeah. You know, it's not stopping you. It's not yeah. fucking getting in your way. Yeah. But then, like that's that's the thing, and 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 again, to to use Kanye as the example, it's like. Why, why did we think, I, I look at all of the types of shit, the fucking Taylor Swift thing, things like that, like, this stuff is mad normal for a bipolar person. Yeah. That is mad normal for him to think it was appropriate in that moment for him to like walk on stage, grab the mic and say what he wanted to say. Yeah. I know what it feels like to, to literally think that that's fine. I know. Um, and I think like people looked at it and we're like, he did this thing because he's this fucking selfish asshole. He was probably drunk and he was doing it. And no. it's like a bipolar lens just literally, he's just being a normal bipolar person. Does it fuck you up that he no longer identifies as someone that's bipolar? Uh, no, because I think because of what I said earlier about how many people are living in denial of it. Kanye is... As much as Kanye has maybe shouted out on an album, this is my superpower, um, as much as Kanye has been hospitalized several times and every doctor in the world like that has seen him has said this is textbook bipolar, as much as 
every doc, his life has now been documented in front of us. And it's quite clear that he goes through depressions and, and manics. Um, his denial of it, his denial of it doesn't do much for me because I don't think what Kanye says anymore does much for me. And I love Kanye, yeah. but I don't think like, I think Kanye is a beautiful, beautiful example of the power of, of our disability at, at times and like how powerful it could be, but it's also, he's, he's unfettered, it's unfettered. So you're also seeing what it looks like when you can't self-reflect yeah. what it looks like. And I don't, I don't blame him. I think like if I was that level of successful and manic, how the fuck Who would could you, po- yeah. Who would how could you possibly believe, believe any of that yeah. shit, you know? Um, and I don't think, I, I, I don't think, and this is part of, I don't think most people, I don't think the current state that we're in with bipolar, I don't think we're teaching bipolar people how to live with bipolar. Um, to even understand what is happening to them through their body. Like, like we said, we had to learn by living through it, falling on our ass so many times, years of denial, and then still like every day checking on it and seeing it and seeing how it progresses and talking to people. If you don't have that, you're gonna, it's not surprising to me that you're going to just keep going. That's a good point. Uh, how has it affected your rap battle career right because you i know personally my comedy career has greatly suffered from me doing horrible things on set and uh you know um fucking up relationships with people because i was you know like so how does how does that it um yeah definitely i i could relate to both i would say i would say fucking up um i think of course again there's a sweet spot where like if I'm hypomanic, I can freestyle things that are like literally should be like written on like, you know, they would be good written lyrics for many good rappers. Um, but then once you sort of get to that point, I think you have confidence in shitty material. But also for me, like battle rap, one difference, like battle rap is intense emotionally. Um, you have to manage emotions a lot. There's a lot of like, and I'm sure you have to, I'm sure this is similar in comedy. You have to manage things like, like I just spit a dope bar that when I spit it for like 10 other people, they all like reacted crazy and I just did it in front of a room and like no one reacted, they didn't catch it. And like in that moment, I have like five seconds, not even to move to the next bar. Like I have to go to the next thing. So like, I cannot let that shake me at all. Um, like, so like you to have comedy. to be, yeah. So you have to be really prepared for the smoothest transitions. Like it's not a big deal that that bar just didn't hit. Who cares? You have a hundred bars that are about to hit. You know that, yeah. um, don't let it spook you when I'm, when I'm manic, I'm like, I get pissed quick. Like I like, I'm just like, I fuck up a bar. I'm like, fuck, shit, fuck. You know, like, I like... So you have I battled I manic. can't, yeah, I battled, I battled, I battled, yeah, I, I don't want to say manic because I want to reserve that for like the full-blown ones. Yeah, but I battled, I battled on some, on some high, hypo. yeah, on some high hypomanics where like, um, yeah, and it, and those battles are my worst battles by far. Um, and even if the writing process leading up to it was a good writing process, um, I just can't present correctly. And then I think also, as far as like relationships and things go, it's like, it's, battle rap is also like, we're, we're constantly, we're collectively building a narrative. Like, um, it is, 
it's very much about your league and your league's narrative and working with people. Mm-hmm. So if your emotions are all over the place towards people, it's sloppy because you're actually trying to sort of build something like WWE style, right? Like, like we might be talking shit to each other. We might be like doing whatever, um, but like everyone is moving together in such a coordinated way where we're trying to move along a narrative. And then like, I'm getting like fucking upset about bullshit and like throwing a tantrum or something. It like it fucks up our ability to move that narrative, um, and like that, like battle rap fans, like people who are battle rap fans, it's a small community, but they're ardent. There's they're just they they're fucking obsessed with it. They sit behind their computers. That's what they fucking do. They love battle rap. Like, um, so like, you really do have to present. You know, you're pres- you're selling yourself. You're selling a, a identity, and you're trying to build up the identity of the people around you. So like. You gotta watch your mouth. Like I have a friend um, who's another battle rapper, Nanch, who also uh, is bipolar, and he's had more trouble with this than even me. Where like he will, you know, have have swings, and then he'll just say some shit that just like he wouldn't have said, and yeah. it's it's public, and it's the just cameras rolling. Yeah, and at this at this point, he doesn't he doesn't battle on on I battle on, on my home league anymore because like Lex. Our league owner has just literally has been like, all right, I can't like, you know, you've just crossed the line too many times. And I think he is sympathetic to him. He understands that like we all, you know, we, we go through this thing. But at the end of the day, like when it detracts from what you're building together, then you can't you really can't be around. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I think I have I've definitely felt, you know, when my mood is off, um, I'm just, I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to show up. You know, I'm yeah. really, I can't handle a lot of those different emotional things. And I I've, feel that, man. I remember uh, what I used to do was like, if I had something coming up that was big, I used to stop taking my medicine because I thought that would like propel me into yep. like a hypomanic uh, yep. phase and I'd be able to perform better. But it would actually like fuck me up even worse in the depression and like I couldn't even... Uh, formulate a thought and I did that once on like a pretty big uh, show that I was filming and I was out there and I I couldn't I've never felt worse dude and I you know I wasn't doing stand up I was on the show but I can't imagine being depressed and having to do battle rap either like it's such a high energy uh, you know you've always got to be one step ahead just yeah. like in comedy and I can't do that doing comedy so I, I just wonder how you've... Yeah, you've depression been... is really, definitely, really hard, too. Um, I can't... I can't... I am known in battle rap to be able to... You know, uh, battle rap has kind of changed a little bit since 8 Mile. It's a little different. It's not the same. Um, everyone thinks, like, when I... when Anyone who, ha- who isn't a battle rap fan just thinks, like, I'm B-Rabbit. But it's... It, it's a lot of battle rap is written nowadays. That's the way that they that like it. We like it best. Um, yeah. But there are many of us who still freestyle, and I I'm like I'm known to freestyle. I'm like if when I write my material, I write material open. I leave space for me to respond. I I, I leave the places where I know I'm going to freestyle. I'm I'm malleable when I like practice so that I can like change my material on the go. I'm depressed I can't do that Um, I can't do that like and if you if you look at some of my battles where I wasn't depressed it's really hard like you look at it and you can't you literally can't tell 
you know, you'll hear a round, you'll hear a three minute round and it's almost impossible to tell what wasn't, it sounds like I, we wrote it together. You know, it sounds like I heard his material and so I like wrote my response down and memorized it um, and like we're writing together. Um, yeah. That's how it sounds because it's seamless. It's like, okay, I have a few bars that were written. I'm gonna throw in a few bars that were freestyle. I'm gonna change a few words here or there. Yeah. You know, um, trying to do that when your brain is just like not pumping the way because it's because that's really just what it is, right? It's this. It's the and it's the opposite of the that that feeling when you're hypomanic, which is every word is hitting. Yeah. Every word I say is hitting. Why? I don't know. Like it's every, but I feel it as it comes out. And the people around me are somehow affirming me and they're like, holy shit, he's, he's, this kid's talking shit. Like, damn. Yeah. Um, but it every, like even, even if I'm explaining a point about something, I feel the words coming out more beautifully versus like when I'm depressed, I'm forcing everything out and everything feels awkward. So I don't want to improvise. Yeah. You know, like, so if I have to battle when, when that, I don't want to improvise shit. I want to, whatever I told myself that I wrote, I apparently decided I was confident in it. I'm just going to try and get that off clean, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it, it also, it's also just prepping is impossible when you're depressed. Yeah. Uh, um, like, you know, I, I love, I love the aspect of prep for literally anything. Um, so like I put time into, in, into, you know, uh, when I'm battling someone, I take it, I take it seriously can't do it to manage your whole like it's hard to manage your fucking life it's hard to brush your teeth it's hard to get out of bed how the fuck am i gonna sit here and like you know spend a lot of time and energy being creative you know yeah well um thank you for joining us uh on the episodes uh that was some informative uh very relatable to me uh, stuff. Thank you for sharing. Um, where can they find your battle raps? YouTube, YouTube, or the iBattle TV app. Um, the iBattle TV app. You could go to iTunes Store, or whatever. Get the iBattle app. iBattle app. Um, we'll put it in the there's some, stuff below yeah, too. There's uh, some of the battles on the app are free. There's also a subscription. If you don't want to pay the subscription, watch the free battles and then go to YouTube. You can find a lot of stuff on YouTube. iBattle TV. I battle TV. Uh, is there any last uh, words you want to say? Or? Uh, no, I love you. I love you too, buddy. Thank you for sharing. This was, really, this was very fun. Yeah, thank you. Um, it it was it was very fun. Um, thank you so much for listening to the episodes. Uh, please like and subscribe and write a comment. If you have any questions, uh, write them in the comment section. We really appreciate you guys for listening, and uh, stay tuned for more episodes.